the victim mentality is the thief in the night. It's coming for everything. It wants your time. It wants your attention. It wants your energy. It wants your belief in yourself. It will train wreck everything. It will wreck your sleep. I, I don't know of any animal, and we're definitely animals, that is designed to operate in an ideal way in a sustained stress response. And most people are operating in sustained stress responses, also known as their breath trapped in their chest. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This show is about helping you to be healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as harmonize your masculine and feminine energy, tap into your intuition, your true source of power, and awaken your authentic self. Did you know that we remember about 30% of what we hear and 50% of what we write, but 80% of what we teach and share? powerful, right? So important. And our words are so important. You've heard in previous shows, oh gosh, I mention it all the time, but in particular, episode 69 with Laurel Arnica, who is considered the metaphysical mother goose. We talk about the power of our words from manifesting, manifesting magic and things we want in our lives. And how when we're spelling, spelling, we're casting spells. You've got to check out that episode. You're going to love it. 69. Because our words are powerful. And the things that we tell ourselves, what we speak, not only the spoken word, the, the, the sound that comes out of our body, which is nothing but a resonant chamber. If you think about it, it's like our bodies are like a cathedral. You know how you go on a beautiful, big, old cathedral? The, the sound resonates in the organ and it's totally different than just, you know, in a room or something, right? Well, our, our bodies are like that. We're resonant chambers. So when we say noises out loud, they have power to manifest. And the ancients knew this. All ancient cultures knew this. In fact, there's a term called the hakau in um, ancient uh, Egyptian civilizations and those are called the sounds of power. We talk about that a lot in my shows and work with biogeometry um, and sound healing in my show with Ruth Ratliff, which I can't remember the name of right now, and the work with Ian Morris, and of course, the show with Mr. Biogeometry himself, the founder, Dr. Ibrahim Kareem. We talk a lot about the power of that. But this show is about words, the words we speak to ourselves, both internally the story inside our head, as well as externally, because words create stories like our beliefs of, oh, I, I'm never good at that or whatever. That's a story. Okay. So I'm going to use the term story. It's like kind of like a concept. And not only do the words create stories in our lives, but the stories build our identity, like who we are, like I'm the kind of person that this, that's a story. So it builds my self-conscious. And then your identity drives your behavior and your actions. Because then if you believe that's kind of who you are, or how you are, you then act like that, right? So, wow, it all starts with the word. And even if, depending on your religion, I don't know, but the Bible talks about 
And first there was the word, right? And the word was God. I mean, the word was started everything. So I'm thrilled to share with you today's guest, Mark England, because he is a wordologist. I just made that up. He doesn't call himself that, but, <laughs> but wow, he has started his own company, helping people be conscious of the words they use so they can then take control of what's happening in their life. Before I tell you some of the tips of today's show and the highlights, I want to share a big, big hug over the airways of the world with Michelle Oates, because Michelle Oates is a member of my women's, um, goddess circle and she reached out to me and said amy you know love your show you gotta have our buddy mark england on your show uh he's you know your audience is gonna love him she was right so thank you thank you thank you thank you michelle and hey look listener if you have somebody you think would be great on the show or you want to learn more about a lot of times i have guests come on the show because i want to learn what they're teaching more like i have their books or whatever and I'm like, I hit them up like, hey, I got a million questions and I think you'd be valuable for my audience. So so if there is ever anyone you suggest that you want me to have on the show for us to learn together, please just email me. It's just my name, amy at amyfournier.com. All right. But today's show. So Mark England, gosh, he's a TEDx speaker. Amazing. And he's the co-founder and head coach of Enlifted. He's been researching, coaching, and presenting on the power of language and identity for the past 15 years. And it's really cute on the episode. I think he mentioned that he's going to the 50. His goal is to hit 50 years. So <laughs> kind of neat. He was uh, actually started as an elementary school teacher. And uh, then he got into personal development and has a master's degree now in education. Um, really interesting story. Really interesting. So you're going to love the show because some of the highlights include the victim mentality. And Mark defines it for us. And I'm just going to tell you, before you fast forward over that section, if you think it doesn't apply to you, it probably still does. <laughs> so just listen to it. And it's really cool. Mark's perspective is that it's an acquired trait, which uh, is an interesting way to look at it. We talk about the unconscious use of language. And that's really what the big part of this episode is about. The story we tell ourselves, our self-talk. Mark gives his three main pillars of, of conflict language and the importance of writing things down. And uh, Mark is a big believer in that. He teaches all his workshops and clients and people that the key is to write, write things down because it makes you more conscious of what the story is that you're telling yourself and it dismantles it. And then once you're able to be conscious of it, that's when the transformation can happen. We can't change things we're not aware of, right? And Mark also be believes in the power of breathing, the importance of breathing, and how language is inherited. Um, and he defines for us what's called soft talk, what it is and why you should not use it. Do you know what a telephobia is? I didn't either. There's actually a term for something that you're probably doing, so you're going to want to listen to that part. And Mark gives us a list. I ask him, all right, what are some words we should use more of and what are some words we should use less of? Give it to us, Mark, and he gives us a great list. So that's a great takeaway for you, something really applicable. Okay, so this episode is about helping to create space in your life, getting conscious and aware, and ultimately empowered and optimistic, which is what every one of my episodes is really about. 
And uh, if you want to check out more about communication, both with yourself and others, check out the episode with Waylon Myers, which is one of the most popular ones that we've done. If you talk about something called nonviolent communication, it's powerful, powerful. And that number is 72, connecting at the heart level, fostering better relationships, loving detachment, and healing addictions with nonviolent communications expert Waylon Myers. So check out 72 and 69 for words for manifesting and casting spells with Laurel Arnica, and uh, you're gonna love it. If you like the show, share it, leave a review, let me know, and uh, let's now join Mark England. And welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Amy. Super excited to connect with you. And again, a big thank you to Michelle Oates for connecting us. Michelle, as I said in the intro, is in my online women's circle group and uh, was like, you've got to get Mark on your show. You guys will hit it off. And, you know, the funny thing is, true confession, I actually knew who you were, Mark, because we have mutual friends, Ryan Sprague, who's been on my show several times, and Dr. Nathan Riley, and of course, Paul Check. So we've been running in the perimeter of each other's circles. We haven't met in person yet, but I guess it was just a matter of time before eventually, what's it, uh, seven degrees of knowing somebody, you know, eventually our, our paths connected and here we are. That whole, for sure, great people, that whole small world thing, that's a real thing. Yeah. It's yeah, a real thing. It is a real thing. So it was just a matter of time. So I'm, I'm excited. And then even more excited when I learned of what your work is about, because I've been in holistic health and wellness for over 30 years. And mindset is like my jam because I even studied when I was in college, I studied uh, in grad school, sports psychology is what it was called. Because that was way back in the arc ages of like them not having like the fancy terms for what mindset was. I was always an athlete and it would always perplex me like what is it with the people that, you know, choke under pressure, you know, bases loaded and, you know, they're up at bat and they, they strike out. But in the batting cage, they're killing it. You know, like what is it about that mind that is just the, the key and all the people, I know I should exercise, I know I should eat right, and ooh, I can't get out of my own way. So when I saw, you know, you are all about mindset and the power of the choice of our words. So thrilled to learn your wisdom today. Wisdom, wisdom could be a strong word. Uh, I can go with experience. Uh, I can do that. I can talk about experience and interest slash attraction. Uh, I've fallen in love a couple of times on site. And one of them was the, the first time I saw anyone get someone get their story changed uh, in an emotional detoxification workshop in 2003 in Thailand. I was living over there. And uh, yeah, this woman had a... Uh, I'm glad I went. Me and all my wisdom back then, I laughed at the name. I was like, emotional detoxification. I snickered at it. Glad I went, though. I needed it. And this this woman shared a story of, of it was it was it was a very uh, public and embarrassing breakup. Oh. And the sentence that held the whole thing together was, "He did that to me. Mm-hmm. He did that." to me and the facilitator they knew what they were doing 
they, they got that sentence, had to repeat it. So everybody in the room is about 30 people in the yoga sala. We're all, they were all looking at the same sentence. And then he said, that last word, take that out and put in himself. And it would, right. It was such a radical departure from the story she had been telling herself on blast and repeat for four years. It, 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 it was clunky and it went up at the end. He, he did that to himself. Oh, and then you see it catch. Correct. Mm. And then you see it catch the breath unlocked. He, she, she, he did. He did do that to himself. And then she started talking about the friends that he lost and, and all the stuff. And then, then, then she walked herself right out the room and said, that was never going to work anyway. He was actually pretty weird. Wow. Right. Wow. Right. And, um, all that and I said that's not my story but that's my story because I had a he did that to me story too I went over there for kickboxing and jacked my knee up for the second time he shouldn't have kicked me that hard we were just warming up victim centric central and um that die I've been I've been staring at words since wow so that actually kicked off your career because you learned the power of changing your words because first in the workshop and then with your sports injury. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did kick off my career. Unbeknownst to me, um, that kicked off my career and I've been doing this one thing as in exploring, researching, presenting, and coaching on how our words influence us for better and for worse somewhere between full-time and overtime the whole time for the past 16 years. So I can talk about uh, attraction to this work. I can talk about interest in this work. I can talk about hours on the clock. Uh, mm -hmm. If somebody wants to call that wisdom, I might get to wisdom someday. And um, yeah, <laughs> I'm only 46. So, <laughs> you know. Well, I think you can't be wise without personal experience, you know, and obviously you have a lot of that. And, um, you know, wisdom is, I think, when knowledge and love come together with application and mix in a couple pieces of magic, maybe. And uh, But you have to have learned experience, boots on the ground, you know, to have true wisdom. It can't be just book, book smart or anything. And obviously you do, and you've applied it. And look at the results you're getting. So you've got to be doing something right, Mark. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And, and yes, um, we're, we're doing, we're doing some things very well. Um, and I say that we're closing in on our 350th, uh, coach that we've certified. So that's our business. We certify mm -hmm. coaches and how to dismantle the victim mentality. And I'm one of the co-founders of Enlifted. I'm the head coach of Enlifted. I deliver all the trainings. I was a teacher before I got into this. I've got a degree in education and um, yeah, still teaching, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. still teaching. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about the power of our words. And um, because I'm sure I know my, my audience has heard about it. You know, we, we've done a couple of shows. Um, are you familiar with Laurel Arnica? Yes. We've had yeah. her on her, oh, show. we've had her on our show Yeah. and um, uh my business partner showed me a video of her back in 2018 when she was talking about earning and weekend and weekdays and um, 
going to morning, awake, good morning, awake, yeah, and we're like, morning. wow, yeah. and um, and then we lost the video. We 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 because we was on a road trip, and fast forward three years, four three, Ryan Sprague went out to Paul Check's sixtieth birthday party. Yeah, I, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. You were there. Mm-hmm. Super cool, and he met Laurel. And um, Ryan Sprague sent us that same video, and I was like, "Adam, look, it's this woman." So it was really cool to get uh, 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 reacquainted with her. She's um, she, she's Laurel. I mean, she's she's <laughs> the, the, the the magical poet. I mean, yeah, the metaphysical mother goose is what we call her. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good, right? Yeah, that's very good, uh, her, very accurate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was, um, I enjoyed that show so much. So so let's talk about um, your take on what what are you seeing is happening with the way people are really speaking disempowerment to themselves? Like what, let's just talk about like real practical stuff, like everyday sure. life, how people aren't realizing how they're disempowering themselves by little things like you hear your clients say or customers or whatever, or even if you're out at the supermarket and you overhear someone saying, and you're like biting your tongue because you're like, I'm not going to say something to that person, but they just totally knock their own feet out from under them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very common. It's very common. Um, what do I mean by it's, um, the unconscious use of language or the unconscious use of the English language in a certain way, which inevitably scripts the victim mentality, whether somebody likes it or not. That's a accurate summation of how we see part of the problem, part of the problem, part of the solution. Um, uh, let's start with the definition of the victim mentality. How's that Wait, sound? Please. Most people have never heard the definition of the victim mentality. Um, I invite your audience, don't do it if you're driving negation acknowledged. If you got a pen, I'm going to do this twice if it's okay. I'll do the definition of the victim mentality slow, and then I'll do it again, sped up with a little bit of elaboration on some of the key points. And then we'll take that from there and play a couple of language games to add further context to it. Sound good? I love games. Okay. I know, right? Yeah. Right? Definitely. Uh, Yeah. So most people have never heard the victim mentality and most people have never written it. Out of the, it's a small group, and then it's an even smaller group have ever put pen to paper. And we remember 30% of what we hear, 50% of what we write, and 80% of what we teach or share. So if somebody goes pen to paper, you get some extra ROI for your time listening to this glorious podcast. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. I took a pinch out of the middle, and that's the verbatim definition of the victim mentality. So I'll speed it up and add some some, some context. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends, it's a tendency, sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. A person tends to regard himself or herself as a victim of the negative actions of others, 
even in the absence of clear evidence. Yes, we can fabricate ev evidence. We can falsify evidence. Uh, um, we can say things like, they never clean up the kitchen, even though they sometimes do. When we say that, it blocks us from being able to remember the times that they have. So we now walk into the house, ready to explode, and the, the fireworks start rather quickly. The second sentence is right between the eyes, right where it belongs. The victim mentality depends, as in it has to have, a habitual thought process and attributions. Habitual accurately implies duration and addiction. Yes, people can and do get addicted to the victim mentality. Habitual thought process. Thought process. What's a thought process? It's certain words put together and used in that way repeatedly. And then attributions at the end, attributions are characteristics. And the main attribution that we pay attention to is the breath. The victim mentality keeps people in low grades, sometimes high grades of sympathetic nervous system response, also known as stress response, also known as keeping their breath trapped in their chest. And it's nothing's, nothing is fun when, our, when, when we're upregulated most of the time. So that's the definition of the victim mentality and that second sentence. So the habitual thought process, there are three main pillars of what we call conflict language. And when we actually threw a, our first online course, we're on our fourth now, we threw the first one in the trash because before we were calling conflict language, conflict language, we were calling it victim mentality language which in 2014, to our estimation, and we still consider that to, be, to have been a right move, it was too strong of a place uh, to start the conversation, Amy. Oh, I'm not a victim. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. Yeah, nobody's going to be like, that's me. <laughs> exactly. Most of, yeah, yeah. Most exactly. of us are doing it, but we don't really realize we are. We think everyone else is doing it. <laughs> Very well said. Conflict, though. Yeah, I got a little conflict at, uh, at work and Ooh, you should see my marriage or whatever it is. And, and so it makes it um, an easier conversation to start. And then there's three language pillars that account for roughly, these are our estimations. These aren't hard numbers. And this is after, you know, doing, doing some, <laughs> putting, getting some hours on the clock. Like I said earlier, there's three pillars of the language patterns that, that, that account for roughly 85% of people's the language that they use to create the victim centricities in their character or to create the victim villain mental imagery. And the first one is projections. Like I said, the first, he did that to me. Uh, she needs to respect me more. I, I uh, uh, posted an old flashcard from about 10 years ago. So a woman said this in a, um, a session, and uh, I had to write it down, which in my personal and professional opinion is the fastest way to break a spell. So the definition of a spell is a word or a combination of words of great influence, and it goes both ways. No one will ever really love me. That's a combination of words that if someone believes will greatly influence them. Mm -hmm. that, that fits the definition of a spell. Uh, great things happen when I show up. 
that's also a combination of words that will greatly influence someone in, in an expansive way. So there's constrictive spells and there are expansive spells. And this woman said, he made me think we needed to get married. And me, Dr. Rocket Science over here, I gave, <laughs> I gave her a pen and a piece of paper. I said, write that sentence down. Uh, because on further inspection, that was the sentence that held the whole thing together. It was absolving her of any responsibility of the drama that they co-created in the in the relationship. And um, she it was it was a little tough for her to get her head around it at first. And she went there, which is normal. It's very normal for people to, um, you know, have a little bit of resistance or sometimes a lot of resistance when it comes to changing their words, especially when it comes to projections. That's the projections. That's where the venom is. That's where the bitterness is. The other two, so negations and soft talk, which I'll elaborate on and give some uh, context here. Those are there's usually a little bit lighter. So he made me think we needed to get married. I had her scratch out the he and put in the uh, I. <laughs> and so, uh -huh. right? Uh, no, wait a minute. I made me think we needed to get married. I mean, at the end of the day, who's thinking our thoughts? Who's believing our thoughts? Uh, who's who's feeling our feelings? Did did he convince you or did you convince you? Now he might have had some compelling uh, um, um, reasons and things, and um, she walked herself down the aisle. <laughs> so when she went from this to this. You saw a sigh of relief of pressure. Yeah, I've I actually did do that, and um, gave herself some autonomy and some self empowerment back, and then everything got easier from there. So the so the projection keywords, he, she, they, people's first names, mom, dad, <laughs> the government. We can put the government in there from time to time, and. Um, yeah, whether I like it or not, whether I want to um, create peace and harmony in my life, um, the sentence, you never let me think for myself, is going to create the victim villain mental imagery, whether I like it or not, because two plus two equals four. <laughs> you, there in the picture, never let me, I'm in the picture, think for myself. They're doing something to me. I got to wait for them to change their behavior so I can feel better about myself. Don't hold your breath, folks, even though you are, because that's a stressful sentence. <laughs> yeah. Right? Projections, that's one. Negations. So my grandmother was a third-degree black belt Olympic gold medalist in the art of worrying. Oh, okay. <laughs> you had me for a minute. There. I was like, wow. Okay. Wow. wow. Grandma. Oh, Grandma. Oh, you know, I probably got some family members in that category too. Most people do. <laughs> Most people do. And she would just worry and worry. And, and mm -hmm. I didn't understand at the time why she kept herself so stressed. And once I learned more about how our words influence us for better and for worse, this whole thing, Amy and everybody listening, it's simply an education issue. That's all it is. Most people didn't have any courses or classes mm -hmm. or even conversations in school about how their language. And when I say, we'll get this on the table and then I'll pick negations back up again. So I talk about language a lot. Our language, when I refer to language, I'm talking about our internal dialogue and yes. our external dialogue. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd say education as well as awareness issue, obviously. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. They're mm-hmm. too busy believing their story. They're too busy believing their thinking instead of thinking about their thinking. Yeah, exactly. They're just kind of already identified with it. They're not even like removed from look like being aware of it, just like it's subconscious, you know, what's coming out. But go ahead. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a huge Alan Watts fan. Yeah. He, he my favorite Alan Watts quote, and there's, there's many. Mm-hmm. When you learn to think about your thinking, Hmm. you become alive in a new way think about your thinking mm-hmm. yeah that's 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 what this whole conversation's about I'm alive in a new way yeah well you know what i'm hearing you say is this is all about the onus of control i mean everything i'm hearing you say is empowerment versus disempowerment and externally oriented externally focused like you're doing this to me like everything you're saying on your three pillars the person is referenced to the outside person first Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show. I'm here with Wade Lightheart from Bioptimizers, my favorite supplement company. Wade, what would you say to somebody that says, you know what? I eat really healthy. I have a really healthy diet. I don't need supplements. Is that possible? Uh, It's virtually impossible in today's world. And if you understand diets, and I've been studying this my entire life, and every diet has a trade-off there are advantages of every diet and there are disadvantages of it and in the world that we live in today the nutrient quality has diminished at such an extensive rate it's almost or virtually impossible to get all the elements that you require out of your diet so what you want to do is you want to take your diet you want to overlay that with your genetics and then you want to look at hey what are the things that i need more of what are the things i need less of and what are the things that i'm absolutely not getting and by doing that you're using intelligence you're using science and you're supplementing in a way that allows you to enjoy the the dietary choices that you like or that you prefer without compromising any aspect of your health and that's the intelligent way to supplementation brilliant i love it and your company by optimizers is my favorite i take them every day selectively of course and i'm so confident that they're going to work for you um your company has graciously given us a coupon code people can try them at a discount by entering amy f10 at checkout they can save 10 percent, and you have a money back guarantee if they don't like them for any reason they can return them no questions asked but we know you're going to love them so enjoy everybody are you familiar with um, nonviolent communication? Marshall Rosenberg. Yes. I did not get to meet that guy in person yeah. and um, legend. Well, that's right. Well, I had an sh- amazing show. Do you know uh, Waylon Myers? He the name was, sounds familiar. Because he was one of his protégés. He was on my show. We'll put it in the show notes for people. But what you're he- what I'm hearing you say, like a big solution, a lot of this is the nonviolent communication because what they teach is, uh, like with your wonderful examples of what people commonly do, like you're doing this to me and when you did that and you didn't, you forgot my birthday and you didn't do the dishes and you suck, <laughs> you know, and all that about you, 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 but instead thinking like, okay, I feel like I'm the only one who does the dishes around here and that makes me feel really uh not appreciated and like i'm your slave like you know so i'm kind of turning that around and communicating my my displeasure but from a frame of and you please critique this but from a frame of reference from myself and my feelings like i'm i'm being more vulnerable because i'm coming from almost a place of hurt rather than throwing at you and attacking you like you suck because you didn't do the dishes again So 
kind of like the nonviolent communication thing is that's <laughs> that's the Amy Fournier version of kind of how it works. That it's it's a it's still probably not a wonderful way. I'm sure you could say it much better than that. But at least it's from a way where someone can hear that oh she's hurt or she feels unappreciated. It's not so much of an attack on me that I didn't do something. So what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that is the more people having conversations about how our words influence us, conscious conversations about how our words influence us for better and for worse is fantastic. There'll be different ways of describing the same thing. And at the end of the day, um, uh, gaining awareness about what I'm saying first and foremost to myself and then how that influences other people around me. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a beautiful skill. It's cause that's what it is. It's a skill. It's a beautiful yeah. skill to create, whether it's NLP, whether it's conscious language, whether it's uh, nonviolent communication, landmark has some fantastic language models. Um, it's, it's all file it under fantastic. All of it. Great. You know, I, I want to get the rest of the pillars, but it just what popped in my mind, like, can you just share with us like a real, how has this really changed your life, Mark? I mean, like w with you really getting a focus and awareness of your everyday language, like how is it, like, I guess I'm looking for the good stuff. Like, you know. I'll it, tell you about the one, the yeah. one best thing. Yeah. I unlocked my breathing. Yeah. Tell us about that. I was a chronic chest breather up until I got into exploring my words and my stories uh, for a couple of reasons. One, my everyday ordinary language was working against me unbeknownst to me, and I was a story hoarder, as in I kept the stories, which is where most people keep their stories of ouch and pain and sting and woe up in my head. And there's a very, there's a profound difference between the, uh, is this even a word, the transformability of a story kept in the head versus one that's written down and out in a certain way. And um, doing those two things helped me dismantle my victim mentality to a, uh, a, a very good degree. I have echoes of it from time to time, and I expect that to be the case as long as I'm uh, alive and I catch those projections way faster than I used to. I think it's, I know cool's an opinion and this, this in my opinion is very cool. Um, uh, having a story catch in my head and I go. <laughs> breath unlocks and I'm like, right. And I just saved myself an entire weekend. And that took me all of about 10 seconds to recognize my breath rising, my shoulders clenching, my jaw clenching, the feelings of anger, resentment, all the fun stuff that shows up with the 31 flavors of negative emotions the victim mentality creates, and me making some simple word adjustments in my head and talking myself off a ledge, um, and especially before I bring somebody else into that story, because the, the victim mentality wants your friends, everybody. It wants your friends. It wants your family. It's it's basically the worst multi-level marketing thing out there, and it does it in a very sneaky way. So, um, yeah, the, the number one thing that it has done for me personally 
It's helped me unlock my breathing. Everything else after that is secondary uh, bonus add-ons. We're known as the language people. It's yeah. great. It's great to be known for something. And we might as well be known as the language and the breathing people. And push comes to shove, it's about the breath. I, I, I prefer, I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a simple man and I'm also a curious man. And, um, you know, what would happen? Here's a, here's a real good question. What would happen if the collective breath of humanity was unlocked? What would that do? What would that do? What, what if the victim mentality was educated out of a majority of humans? And what would happen if the victim mentality um, turned into something that's uh, approximately as cool as littering? You know, what would happen? What, what, what would happen if, if people learned to think about their thinking and, and raised their children in a, an environment where they were consciously uh, spelling the good stuff on them? Because our, our, the language is an inheritance, everybody. Let's get clear about that. Absolutely. We inherit the, the squiggles and sounds, these magical noises from our parents. And certain magical noises constrict and control. Certain other magical noises uh, release and expand. And if we want to get all spooky and Rudolf Steiner about it, he said any force that seeks to constrict or control is by definition Luciferian. That's interesting to think about. And so one of the things, and so what has this done for me professionally? It's, it's, it's given me everything professionally. I did not have a profession before this. I had a hobby, which I wanted to turn into a profession, which, you know, I was never that good to begin with fighting. That's why I went over to Thailand. I was an MMA fighter. I wrestled in high school and won a couple of state kickboxing championships. I'm like, I'm going to go pro. That would have been a bust. This on the other hand. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to do this for 50 years, five, zero after doing it for 10 full time. I looked around and said, I have no more questions what I'm going to do with my time, professionally speaking. And I scrolled down into my calendar. It took me a little while to get down there. January 17th, 2057. It's my last day on the job. It's really in my calendar. And that will be 50 years on the clock. Uh, also, curiosity. What does it feel like to do something full-time that you're uh, – I, I expect to maintain my attraction and passion for this – for the entire time, because it's only getting more interesting, especially now that we've got students. What what is what does 50 years in the game feel like? Well, I started, I went pro uh January 17th, 2007. So 16 in, I only got 34 to go. Um and it's it's given me uh it's given me a lot. Wow, 50 years out. That's uh quite a projection. That's um Let's just circle back to the writing and the breathing connection, because I think that's a very important distinction mm -hmm. that your work makes. Um, for me, when I think about, and I think you're totally right, there must be something going on when people get the story that's often subconscious out of their head and write it and see it in front of them more tangible that maybe it clicks something or helps to unlock the dam of the conscious brain that is like, oh, wow, that sounds crazy. Or, oh, wow, that doesn't sound very empowered. Or it just, 
it must do something to increase the awareness of getting it out of the, uh, the intangible in the head and getting it on paper. And what also it triggers for me is a lot of times the inner child work has us write. So there's got to be some kind of connection of what you're onto here, Mark, with the writing aspect and it unlocking and, like you said, transforming and dismantling, which is cool. Correct. Um, stories kept in the head, which, again, is where most people keep their stories of ouch and pain and sting and woe, and I know why. why I don't want to feel that anymore. Bringing it to the surface, um, uh, that's doing the exact opposite. I'm, I'm doing my best not to bump into those things from time to time, even though I'm bumping up into those things from time to time. Yeah. Story kept in the head swirls. Story yeah. kept in the head is seemingly infinite. Where does it start? Where does it stop? There's the worst part again, ouchy. Mm -hmm. story kept in the head is extremely disorganized compared to once it's written down story mm -hmm. kept in the head take the, the story is still in you or your client uh uh and and they're still in the story because time does not apply to the emotional body mm. it only applies to the mental body it doesn't apply to the emotional body mm. story kept in the head traps the breath in the chest creates excess rigidity in the body and the pictures are up close and scary hmm. story written down though and it's in a, in a certain way this is this is and there's a distinction between this and journaling okay story written down so you want to get specific specific events and upon just a, a little bit of a few good questions and uh, a, a matter of minutes, which can seem a little long when you're looking down memory lane and it's well worth your investment. You're not taking or spending time. You're investing time to do that. Getting specific events of ouch, titled, give it a title, and then write it out conversationally, erring on the side of more detail than less, full sentences, punctuation, as if it was going in a book. Now, it is externalized. So you've got some distance and it is now finite. There's the first word. There's the last word. There's all the little squiggles in between. And uh, from there, you can do some very interesting things with it. I'm very happy to elaborate on that. If um, uh, uh, you coach people, it is. this is my personal and professional opinion, take it or leave it. It is a whole lot easier. That's an understatement. For you to help people change their mindset. And, and in Lifted, we have a definition of mindset. It's a very simple one. It's the story you tell yourself. It's the story you tell yourself. It's, it's a whole lot easier to help people change and improve their mindset once those pillar memories are titled and written out. And now you and your client are both looking at the same story. Yeah. dialoguing back and forth. It can be done and it's way easier to go get the words and write them down. Now, what most journaling is, is I'm writing something. Very rarely do people get specific about, especially the ouch stories. I'm writing and I'm allowing myself to believe what I wrote. That's what most journaling is. And, and really, it's some, a lot of times it's a net negative, Amy. Now I've got it in writing. There's the proof. There's even more concrete evidence that they did that to me. And I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. I <laughs> uh, uh, suggest get your story on paper so you can, instead of believing your story, observe your story. So instead yeah. of believing your thinking, mm -hmm. you can observe your thinking. That's and what can, I got out of it. Yeah, what you're that's, doing. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. And then from there, there's a process of um, down regulation. I can get this on the table real quick. So there's this thing. It's called four-stepping stories. And it is both, it's exclusive coaching tech to the Enlifted Method. And we're open source with our coaching tech for a couple of reasons. We do a lot of open workshops and we put out a tremendous amount of material on our, on our podcast. One, because we're teachers and it creates the good juju and we're confident in our tech. So getting a specific memory, let's just say the divorce. Okay. I've done more divorce stories than I can think of. And very frequently, people remember when the parents sat them down and told them things are going to change. And half the time, it's in the kitchen, at the table, everybody's sitting down. And that specific memory is um, usually the, the devil's in the details, folks. Right. And you know what the devil is? The energy of the thing when it happened and the meaning that we assigned to it. The meaning for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Because it's not just the story that gets us usually. It's the meaning. What 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 does this mean about me? What does this mean about love? What does this mean mm -hmm. about uh other people? Yep. The whole mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. And so we title the the uh, kitchen table. And then you write it out conversationally, like I said, full sentences, punctuation, airing on the side of more detail than less. Mm -hmm. That's step one. There's only four steps. And then you read what you wrote. That's step two. Whatever your client feels is correct. Yes, I love that. That's great. Yeah, we're we're all about we're all about yeah. good questions and writing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. The the there's there's a big if you if you get your head around this, everybody, it was worth your time listening to this podcast. Answers push questions. Pull. Oh, okay. Answers push, push. questions pull. Okay. And there's a big difference between a 1 800 I have all the right answers for your life hotline coaches and a coach that has good questions. Good I questions. Let's get these stories down and change some words. What happens there? Which do you prefer? Because I, I don't want to, don't, not that I could. You're pulling it out of them. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm, That's it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it would be weird if I knew what people needed to think. Yeah. It would be also weird if I wanted to know what people yeah. needed to think. And and so we got the step one title it, write it out. And too much work and responsibility for you. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exhausting. Yeah, no Because I did that. Yeah. I, I totally yeah, did that too. for, for mm -hmm. a couple of years. Mm -hmm. What that what that means is I have to be smarter than about everything than with it with every person I work with. Have fun with that. That's it's not exhausting. happening. Yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Step three is where you read that same story at seventy percent of your normal rate of speech. Yes, that's a very interesting aspect. Tell us why. What does that do? When someone slows down their rate of speech the breath begins to open up. Ah, okay. The breath begins to loosen up. And when someone slows down their rate of speech, um, 
a good rule of thumb when it comes to helping people with their mindset, which is the story they tell themselves to themselves about themselves, is the faster the story goes, the harder it is to change. Okay. The slower the story goes, the easier it is to change. Mm -hmm. The faster someone tells you a story, the more their breath is trapped in their chest. Breath trapped in the chest is attachment to words. When someone slows down their rate of speech, not only are they going to be able to come in more contact and relationship with the words, it makes it easier once you get through step four to change the words. Let's, let's, here's a good analogy. Very rarely does a mechanic take a car out to the highway and run it at 70 miles an hour and pop the hood and start changing out parts. Most of the time, they take it into a garage and turn the thing off, slow it down, and then start changing out parts. Step four is where at the end of each sentence, you stop and do this. He's breathing. Mm -hmm. Breathing. And get the breath in there so you go from sympathetic dominant in context to the story yeah. to parasympathetic dominant in context to the story. So that's Just, your nervous system for everybody oh, listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go from, from, from stress response mm -hmm. to relaxation response. Mm -hmm. here's, a, here's, a, here's a little visual for you. Story kept in the head, breath trapped in the chest, picture in your face. <laughs> or, where, right? Wherever he's, got you a, look, he's got his book over his face. <laughs> yeah, wherever you look, there it is. Story written out. Yeah. Red, red, slow. Get the breath in there. The breath unlocks. As the breath unlocks and descends, the picture comes out. And so the your per you, your client, changes their perspective, perspective. on their own. They change yeah. their mind on their you own. You get a grander view. You get you get that bird's eye view perspective. It's like when you go up to a mountain and you look and everything gets in perspective to you and all you don't sweat the small stuff as much because you've got a bigger perspective you know it, it, i didn't pay her to say that everybody <laughs> no i got you that was a great little demonstration you gave it i got it excellent and and, and you know who agrees with us who charlie chaplin he said <laughs> life viewed under a microscope is a tragedy yes. viewed from afar it's a comedy and the two things that we intend to do when we work with people using the Enlifted method is to create space and to create clarity. That's it. Not to I know things, not to know what people need to do. That's their business. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a whole lot easier to change behavior, make different decisions, uh, enjoy being in your skin. It's really hard to enjoy being in your skin when your breath is trapped in your chest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you have space and clarity, everything's better. And that's, that's the name of our game. I love it. That and confidence and freedom that I, Oh yeah. Yeah. All the, all the stuff you want comes yeah. from unlocked yeah. breath. All the stuff you don't want comes from locked breath. Oh, uh, I get really nervous in social situations. You mean you're holding your breath? Oh, um, I have <laughs> chronic true. constipation. Oh, you mean you're holding your breath? Oh, um, I get nervous when people question me. Oh, you mean you're holding your breath? The two most commonly, mm. excuse me, second and third most commonly purchased 
over-the-counter medications are indigestion medication and constipation medication. And in my personal opinion, it's because people are hoarding the stories of ouch and there are our language, the way the English language is used. we got some glitches in it. Yes. So words create stories, stories build our identity and identity drives our behavior and actions is what your work teaches. So I'm going to repeat that for people. Words create stories. Stories build our identity, like who we think we are, and this happened to me, that's why I am the way I am, situation that we believe about ourselves, and that drives our behavior and our actions because that's how we identify. And you're saying we can rewrite our story by first becoming aware of what it is and what we're telling ourselves. So I would think it has to start with the internal dialogue because that determines the external even if it does it, even if you're not conscious of it. Let's go back to the dishes example at the beginning of the show when I said, oh, I come home and again, you know, he didn't do the damn dishes, you know, and the story is that's going to happen in my mind is, you know, I do everything around here. He doesn't appreciate me and, you know, I'm tired too and what the F, you know, and so all this story is going on. The meaning I'm giving it is disrespect and unfairness. Um, so, your work teaches, first I would have to get in touch with the story I'm telling myself and the meaning I'm giving it, unappreciated, underrespected, whatever it may be, and then be conscious of the words I use to express my needs and my feelings to somebody else and choose them consciously with awareness so that they're not going to be uh, kind of feeling, making the other person feel like they're on the defensive and that I'm on the attack. Um, or please just correct me. Like what, what's the next step? The fastest way to slow down a story yeah. is to pick up the pen and write it down. I'll say that twice. The yeah. fastest way mm-hmm. to slow down the story is to get the words on paper. The easiest way for someone to think about their thinking is get it in writing, get the words on paper. Even if the pen feels like it weighs 900 pounds, yeah. I get it. And I feel like I can't write fast enough. Like, what do you, what would you say to someone like me? I get frustrated and it's all scribbled because I'm like, ah, you know, especially when you're emotional. Like, what, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, you can't do like voice, voice memo, right? <laughs> like you, voice, you could. Uh, right? Does if, it have if to that, be physically writing, you know? No. If, if, if you found that doing voice memos was, was more effective for you than, than do voice memos. Okay. So it's not the physical writing part. Cause I know there's something to that too. Rather than typing it on a computer, there's something about the writing with the hand and the whole physical motion, the biochemistry of the movement and all that, you know, the coordination of the body because it's your body is, your body is processing more because you're using more muscles in the emotion. Yes. Yes. There's something, there's something, there's something more magical. Yeah. We want to get all Laurel Erica about it, which yeah, we do. Yeah, She's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more magical about writing it down um, mm-hmm. with in in with your handwriting, and for that that um, uh, particular question, you know, my my the initial story is all over the place. You, write it down that way, yeah. and and that's fantastic. You have a rough draft. Most yeah. people don't have a rough draft to hand sure, in. Remember when right. you didn't have a rough draft to hand in in college or yeah. high school or whenever? That's, that's the hardest part is just to the, start it. She's start right. it. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. right. The hardest part is the rough draft. And then yeah. 
if you wanted to, um, it will likely be easier after the rough da- draft to, because it usually takes some charge out of it, yeah, to slow down and rewrite it uh, with your handwriting slightly better. And I, I am a person, I my handwriting is, oof, and um, I understand what happens when I write the same thing repetitively. My handwriting automatically gets cleaner and and, and prettier. Yeah, um, Google Docs work great too, folks. Okay. Google Docs work great too. So we mm-hmm. do most of our coaching due to, you know, how, well, just the way things are right now and have been before the the, the pandemic, the lockdown, call it that. And um, so we do a lot of our coaching uh, that is virtual and we do it off of Google Docs, which is very fun in the sense that um, you can give your client a Google Doc and get on a zoom screen and they you could be if the internet's good you could be on a beach in madagascar and they could be in los angeles and um they can both pull up the same google doc and hit share screen and you can both write on the same google doc at the same time it's lifetime Mm -hmm. and talk about a clarifying process your client eventually is going to say something and you write down what they just said and amongst other things some people like oh wow someone's paying attention to my words yep yeah and um and yeah, you can take it from there. Well, I will say too that, you know, a good exercise for people listening, because I really like to try to make this practical is, sure. um, and, and maybe you could obviously uh, give your, give your thoughts on it. You're the expert, but, um, you know, even just for like a half an hour, try to be super conscious of the words you're using, mm-hmm. thoughts you're saying, and just what's coming out of your mouth, both even just like for me, like talking to myself during the day, like little things and, you know, and gosh, you know, it's something happened about like 10 years ago when I started saying stuff my dad used to say. And I'm like, oh my God, when did I start <laughs> that? Like when I was a kid, I would remember him saying something or other when he was getting dressed or, you know, just whatever. And I'd be like, that's what my dad used to say. Like, how did that get in the back of my head somewhere? And here it comes out, you know, decades later that, you know, so being conscious of our words around other little ones that might be, you know, impressionable, like you don't know how people are going to hear things and they, they're sticking with them whether they know it or not. Yeah, we, um, this is, this is my 329th podcast that I've gone on. Oh, who's uh, counting though, huh? Wow. Yeah, who's counting? I'm going to do <laughs> wow. a thousand. I'm going to do a thousand podcasts. I've got to You're go a numbers guy. You got the 50 years, the thousand podcasts. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's um, like it's a it's a way to to measure where yeah. things are, and um, I get I get asked frequently on shows, um, where do people start? What do you suggest? Mm-hmm. And if if it's okay with you, uh, I'll finish mm-hmm. the part about my black belt grandmother worrying Please. grandmother, oh, and yes. and because that's negations, and then the last the third pillar is the, yes. the piece of advice that I give people. There's actually two pieces. What what do I do? I've got two pieces of very practical advice. Is, does that sound like a, a good game plan? Perfect. Perfect. Very cool. So uh, um, negations, what are the keywords? Can't, won't, isn't, not, shouldn't, shouldn't hasn't, have haven't. To. Those key words do a fantastic job of forcing me or anyone, this has nothing to do with intelligence, forcing me to stare at the worst case scenario. My driving teacher said when I got in the car at 15 years, 15 and a half years old, I'm 46 now. He said, 
look where you want to go because you're probably going to go there. And when someone says, I can't keep living like this, they make a picture of them continuing to live like that. Or <laughs> I won't make that mistake again. I just, there's my imagination. I force myself to see myself making that mistake again. Or I'm not going to let them do that to me ever again. So now I've got a negation, won't, and then them, I won't let them ever do that to me again. And now I got a double whammy. So they're in the picture and there's a picture of them doing it. And it, 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 it creates yeah. and sustains a flavor of stress. And so um, here's a quick example. One of my favorite stories of negations that does, that does put uh, some of the other part of this conversation on the, on the table, very, very cleanly and clearly. So when I say language, everybody, I mean internal dialogue and external dialogue, yeah. what we think, what we say, and what we write. And our language influences consistently and simultaneously. For, we, we're going to keep in stuff simple, four key aspects of our experience of ourselves: Our imagination, the pictures and the movies that we make, our emotions and feelings, our posture, how we present ourselves in the world, and our breathing. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I was uh, up in Calgary and I did a workshop for a sales team. I stayed after and did one-on-one -on -one sessions with everybody. And I was in a room with a young man, 22, 23. He was struggling at work. And this is what he said. Uh, the two chairs were facing each other six feet away. I'm staring right at him. This is what he said. And this is what he did. Mark, I can't keep focusing on my past and he turned yeah, around he turned yeah. to look behind himself and i i did it in a in a much less aggressive way than he did it wasn't a micro like scratch my nose movement yeah, yeah. it was a macro movement i slowed it down to keep my headset on he turned around and looked behind him and then turned it back and looked at me and i go you know you just turned around and looked behind you right wow and he goes really he and didn't I go, know he did it Wow. He was too busy believing the story. Yeah. And, and, and I go, I go, what did you see? And he had to stop and think about it. He goes, I saw myself on the couch and all alone. So there's two body. Mm -hmm. He moved his body, his imagination. I asked him, how are you feeling? He said, angry and a little bit scared. And then the breath, the breath was trapped in his chest. It was obvious. And so me being the rocket scientist that I am, I handed him a pen and said, write that sentence down. The, I can't keep focusing on my past, which he did. And I said, if you can't keep focusing on your past, yeah, but he was just by saying that. Correct. <laughs> correct. Even though he was yeah. dead sick yeah. of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's keeping it there. Like you're, yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, you're very right. <laughs> supremely right. Wow. And I said, if that's what you can't keep doing, what can you start doing? And it was clunky. And again, it went up at the end up talk. It was a question, focus on my future more. And I said, yes, say it like a sent full sentence. And it took him a second breath. I, I can focus on my future more. I, I can, he's talking himself into it. I can, I can focus on my future more. So now that we've got him pointed in the right direction, I asked him what he could do. And he wrote down three simple things, which is read two books that everyone recommended. He was in the sales. 
uh, enroll in the mentorship program and go to the monthly meetup that they do at the on the first Sunday of each month. And he messaged me nine months later, and he said, uh, I'm making money. I moved out. I've got my own place. Thank you. And I no longer have whiplash in my neck from looking behind me violently every time I talk. Right, right. <laughs> wow. That's so negations. Did you, just real quick, did you make up this technique this method of enlisted mark like because i know we said at the beginning and i know we're getting at the end here but we said at the beginning that you know it was it really started your career with the busted knee and you know being a wrestler and um but did you actually because you're doing workshops and all this online stuff and you're, you're you're training coaches did you actually make the the curriculum and you made these techniques 80 percent of them that's amazing it and it's it just come it's it <laughs> there's a running joke behind the scenes uh, of, of how simple of a person I, I'm so easy to confuse. I'm the easiest person that I get confused all the time. And, uh, and I, I'm naturally good at breaking things down into mm. extremely simple processes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and awesome. So my first introduction to projections was the work of Byron Katie. Oh, yes. My yeah, yep. the story. Yep. Is it true? Is it really true? Yep. Mm -hmm. Turn it around. Mm -hmm. The turnaround. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and what she does, is it true? Uh, is it absolutely true? Whatever the variation is, how would you, mm -hmm. who would you be without this story? And then the turnaround. Mm -hmm. That right there is, an, is, is her style of slowing the story down okay. so then they can change it. That's what uh, that is. And That's be conscious of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Correct. The turnaround would work way less better. Uh, those are some, yeah, way less better. I said that if she just said, turn the sentence around, people mm. would fight it more because they haven't loosened it up. Mm. Okay. And we, in, in the enlifted method, we loosen the thing up with breath. And okay. on the other side of four stepping stories, when people were breathing better, also known as way less attached to how the words are configured, then we can start making adjustments in the words and then negations, uh, neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. Okay, NLP. And then the third pillar of in the enlifted method, conflict language is soft talk. And I, I just I've recognized that in coaching sessions. Uh, um, it's almost like I'm procrastinating. Maybe I'm drinking too much coffee. I think I'm avoiding the conversation. So this is, this, is the, uh, this is one of the two pieces of advice that I give people places to start when it comes to changing their words. Soft talk, folks. Soft talk. Soft talk. And here are the key words. Are responsible for a vast majority of people's indecision and anxiety about their ability to do things in their life. Probably, perhaps, feel like, should. Maybe, could, might, possibly, sort of, kind of, potentially, hopefully, try, one day, almost like. So they're, they're like, kind of like hedging buffers. Like you're saying, you're recommending people use take less, them out. less of those. Okay, <laughs> take them out. Okay, yeah. because yeah. why? They take the power out? Like, wh why do we want to remove those words? Um, there's a, several reasons. One 
is um, when someone sustains indecision, they inevitably eventually identify themselves as an indecisive person. And once we identify ourselves as something, we get better at it, regardless of what it is and regardless of how much or how little we like the behavior. Back to our story, back to your back story. To story. You identify with your story, whether you like it or not. So pick a good it, one. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Uh, I, I'm, if, if someone is late a lot, they will inevitably identify themselves as a late person. I'm always late. I'm just late. And they get better at being late. I'm, I'm good at showing up. When someone shows up and shows up, they eventually identify themselves. Well, I'm, I'm good at showing up. They get even better at showing up. And soft talk in people's language, and I promise it's in your language, folks, Mm -hmm. and it's doing stuff. Mm -hmm. It uh, keeps your ability to make a decision and inevitably uh, uh, changing a behavior or moving towards something that you want to do at finger's length. I probably should get back in the gym. What are the chances that that person is going to get back in the gym saying those things? It's, it's unlikely. And if they do, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, uh, uh, it's almost like I'm self-sabotaging. Well, you're giving yourself an out. It's very non-committal. That's for sure. It's very non-committal. And, um, and when, when you scratch the surface on it and people take out solid talk or they take out soft talk and speak solidly, I am drinking too much coffee. I am avoiding that person. I am self-sabotaging. I am procrastinating. Then the behavior, uh, we, we're not, we're not uh, thinking about whether we're doing the thing or not. We're one owning it and then got to make some changes. And a lot of people are scared to make changes because it brings up other stuff like, am I really good enough to go do that thing? Or, um, what if, what if what if I what if I uh, uh, go after what I want and people see me? I'm afraid to be seen, so I'm just going to keep myself off in the distance in the background where it's quote unquote safe. It's not safe there. It's not safe there because guess what? We're all going to die. And deathbeds, woulda, coulda, shoulda. That's the scariest thing that I can concoct. That's just, that's existentially terrifying. And that pen, I'm telling you, the pen can't wait. I feel like it weighs 900 pounds. I'll take some sting today versus just a handful of decades of bumping up into stuff into, and, and that stuff being a telephobia, which is the fear of not being good enough. And most of this stuff boils down to that. And you, you, uh, the victim mentality and a telephobia are kissing cousins. And you know who's trailing right behind them? Imposter syndrome. And it's all coming from our unconscious use of words. Wow. Powerful. I never heard the, the, the word for fear of not being good enough. It's called a telephobia. Yes, it is. I never knew that was an actual word, but my God, it's like a plague. <laughs> Take out the like. Yeah. It is a plague. My yeah. God. It's, 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 and it's, it's our plague. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. our plague and it's pervasive. The, yeah, the, yes. the, the, the victim mentality is the thief in the night. It's coming for everything. It wants your time. It wants your attention. It wants your energy. It wants your belief in yourself. It will train wreck everything. It'll wreck your sleep. It'll, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not, I don't know of any animal and we're definitely animals that is designed to 
operate in, a, in an ideal way in a sustained stress response. No, no. And most people are, are operating in sustained stress responses, also known as their breath trapped in their chest. We, have a, we tell the coaches, good luck changing your client's mind while their breath is trapped in their chest. And that's like everybody. Most people don't know how to breathe properly. And what could yeah. be, it's the first thing that happens when you're born. And the last thing that happens when you die is the breath, yeah. you know, and we've, we've kind of screwed it up. Uh, could do a whole nother show on the breath. But I like how you say breath, uh, high and tight creates fight. Low oh, and nice. slow is the way to flow. That's, that's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, even, you, you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. I do my homework. Yeah. I was yeah, like, oh, did. that's a good one. Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the episode. I know you're into holistic health and fitness and wellness because you're listening to this episode. And wouldn't it be great if your skincare also was produced by a company, by people, by human hands that also had a holistic mindset. Not only are the products made with the highest quality, biodynamic, organic, non-synthetic, natural ingredients, but they're actually made with the intention and frequency of love. And they use sound vibration and sound healing in formulation of their products. So I have my friend Hannah here because I love that she incorporates the feminine essence of life in the cultivation of her Seeb and Solus products. Hannah, do you want to explain to us a little bit more how you incorporate the feminine? The women that work in the argon fields of Morocco and the saffron fields of Iran, when they're all uh, doing their job, they all start singing and clapping at the same time. And this creates a high vibrational frequency that affects the ingredients that essentially affect our blending when we're formulating in Upper Ojai. And this is what I call the love sound. It harmonizes the blends and it affects the way um, the products are blending together. Love has the highest form of frequency that our body actually recognizes. When the blends are ready and they're sitting for 30, 40 days, we make sure there goes through a series of different types of frequencies that are very close to our hearts and recognized by our hearts uh, electromagnetic field and this actually a lot of people can feel when they put on their skin because it's the love frequency combined with our skincare that you feel and it resonates with your skin cells. I mean, you're not going to find that at Walmart or CVS, okay? So thank you, Hannah. And I know you extended a discount code, FITAMYTV10, at checkout. People can even save 10%. So feel better, look better, save the planet, support a woman's business, my friend Hannah from Seab and Solace, and save a little money. What could be better? Let me just ask you one final question before we get your th final thoughts. You gave us such great stuff on words not to say, like the soft talk stuff, like the, you know, the shoulds and coulds and can'ts and all that. What are some words we should use more of and why? When it comes to um, the, the reflection keywords, it's, it's, it's I and myself. Yeah. Use that. Use that more often than they and she and he and you like you yeah. self-reference. You know, mm -hmm. you know dad, dad always talks to me like a child. And sometimes and some of the time you're not going to like it. at first dad never dad always talks to me like a child or I always talk to me like a child who mm. you, right. You know, mm. um, they're 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 causing mm -hmm. me a lot of problems. Who 
No, I'm causing me a lot of problems. (laughs) Who's caused more problems for me than me? Who's talked more trash about me than me? No one. It's not even a close second. Or she doesn't like me. Oh, I don't like me. (laughs) Right? And then, and then, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you're over here in your court where you can do some stuff. She's going to do exactly what she's going to do. And you bitching about it is not going to change it. Pardon my language. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, negations. So, so the breakdown of the three pillars and I'm still, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the process of answering that question. The projections, that's where most people have the most emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and it can, it, it sometimes takes a little bit of a crowbar. That's cool. It's okay. It's good. Negations going from, you know, I won't ever do that again to, I will do that more. There can, there's, um, there's a little bit of a learning curve with it. And then soft talk, that's that's the gateway drug to the rest of everything because it's just so easy to take out the maybe. You know, yeah. maybe I should roll in that course, take out the maybe. I should enroll in that course, take, take out the should, uh, put in could. I could enroll in that course, take out the could, put in can. I can. Yes, I can enroll in that course. Stick up a cuz on the end of it. I can ro- enroll in that course because I'd get a lot out of it and I've got free time this for the next couple months. So you start talking yourself into more stuff, and then eventually your identity, because a lot of things are downstream from our everyday ordinary words. Don't worry about your mindset, folks. Don't worry about the big picture thing. Pay more attention to your words. And here's the second part. So what do we do? First things first, soft talk. Soft talk. Write those soft talk keywords down and watch what happens. And then the second thing, slow down your rate of speech by about 10 to 15%. And that's going to help you breathe a little bit better. And a little bit better is a lot better. And it gives you that space and clarity, that time to to have a, a, a better read on what words are working for you and what words are working against you. And all of this is it's, it's awareness. Once the awareness is raised, then um, then then it's it's on. Space and clarity equals awareness, baby. I love it. Wow, wow, wow. Well, what I'm really hearing, I'm learning from you today, is the importance of breathing. Wow. Yeah. And uh, well, uh, you know, awareness is is super super. It's just always a theme on all of my shows. But uh, I can tell. I just love, um, I just love your angle on this, Mark. That's why I asked about, you know, did you really, you came up with this whole technique. It's very impressive. Um, wow. Four stepping, four stepping stuff. That's, that came from three people in the same week. This is 12, 13, 12 years ago. Three people came in in the same week with machine gun mouth. What's that? Machine Machine gun mouth. Machine gun mouth is when they're just talking a mile a minute. Oh, and I, I couldn't slow them down. Is it because they were anxious? They were. Like, oh, yeah, because they were going into the stories that were bothering them. And, oh, okay. and when people get upregulated, they tend to speak a lot faster. And the faster the story mm-hmm. goes, the harder it is to change. And so I had them. Wow. I had them write those stories down and the sessions went a lot smoother. And then and then I started inquiring with my other clients if they had written those stories that we were working on down and almost exclusively everyone said no why would i do that and then we did and then i had them read it and then they and then finally i paid i was paying that was right around the same time i was paying a lot more attention to how people breathe when they're telling stories that are bothering them and then finally i wised up and got them to 
to slow it down and get a breath in between each sentence. And then, and then I didn't have to be smarter than them, which I never was in the first place. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you could breathe. (laughs) It's like, right. 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 I can just, I can just be here and be a, 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 an assistant as opposed to, some know-it-all somebody yeah That's you're terrifying. just the you're just the reflection board like you you know and you, you ever play a catch by yourself you go against a really hard wall and just throw it and it hits yeah. and it comes back at you um that's brilliant. I love it. This has just been so educational and enjoyable for me, Mark. Is there anything else that I know I sorry I was trying to bite my tongue so many times, but I hope I didn't were you able to complete all your thoughts or is there anything you got the three pillars? Uh, we talked a lot about the breathing, the stories, the meanings, the, the writing down. Uh, is there anything you're feeling you need to kind of complete for for our visit today? Uh, no, I'm I'm complete. We we hit everything. Um, and yeah, you've got a great pace and interview style. I very much appreciate it. Oh wow! Well, I uh, I appreciate your generosity because everybody's going to see in the show notes and. All, all your wonderful resources, your social media and your website, beautiful, very easy to navigate. And people can enroll if they're not coaches, right? To learn. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We have, have um, a coach. learn how to use 20, words to your that's advantage. Ex- that's exactly right. 20% mm-hmm. of the people that take our certifications, they, they want some help with their own story and, and yeah. get better about their words. Um, mm-hmm. And some of them turn into coaches too. Uh, Cause it's, yeah when you know, when you got the tools, it's, it's easier to do than most people would think. It's just like anything else. When you find something that's, that's worked and changed your life, it's hard to keep it to yourself. And it's like, you want to share it because it works, you know? Um, and, and I will say though, the people that go through your program, it must be really hard when they're out in the regular world and they're hearing people talking and they're like biting their tongue because they're like, Oh, if you only knew how you're casting a spell, of a negative to yourself and they people because people just don't aren't aware but thank goodness for people like you helping us and yourself yeah Yeah, my pleasure (laughs) wow okay mark how can where do people go how can people find more mark england and the unlifted method for the certifications www.enlifted.me we have the course times and all the information that you need uh, we have a podcast called the Get In Lifted podcast, which is mm-hmm. very niche. It's for people that yeah. want to learn about the words. And then we're on IG at Enlifted Coaches. Yes. Okay. So all that is in the show notes. And I have listened to the Get In Lifted podcast. It's great. You're very entertaining. Who's your partner on that? Is it Kim something? Or? It's Kimberly. Yes. She's okay. uh, she's the podcast host. Coach. And okay. um, yeah, she's a uh, core team. Yeah, you guys have a great, great uh, um, chemistry. Very, very entertaining show. And thank you. And, and again, I just want to reiterate for the audience that you know this—you don't have to be a coach because if you're speaking and you're alive, you probably want to check out this resource. You're using words, right? <laughs> exactly you're right. communicating language, and and even if you're not communicating that much externally, you are internally. So uh, if you're getting in your life things that, or you're not getting in your life things that you want, or you're getting things you don't want. You might want to take a look at the words you're using, which is determining a lot of the story, the belief, the actions, behavior. They all go to bed together in one big soup. So let's let's pull it apart a little bit. Um, 
Okay. Well, everybody, if you enjoyed the show, do check it out, like we said. And if you want to share the show, that would be lovely. If you want to support me, the best way to do so is to subscribe, share it. And uh, even if you'd like to leave a review, that would be incredibly amazing and appreciated. And uh, Mark England, thanks so much for being on Awakening Aphrodite. My pleasure, Amy. Thank you for having me on. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Okay. We'll see you next time, y'all. Bye-bye. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier. And I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.